Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Invest for income. You reduce your risk that way. Invest in something that's earning money right now as opposed to gambling. Best ever listeners, I want to mention Lima One Capital, and I found out about them through a guest that I was interviewing on the show, and he mentioned how he was scaling his business. He was actually buying 10 single-family homes within one year, and I asked him, how were you able to buy 10 single-family homes, and how were you financing that? And he's like, oh, well, I just use an asset-based lender. I was like, who is that? And he told me it's Lima One Capital. I reached out to them afterwards, got to know them, and they are the sponsor of today's episode because they've got some unique lending programs. Uh, one of them is called Rental 30, where, as I mentioned, they're an asset-based lender. So they're lending based on the property's appraised value, as well as they look at the down payment that you're bringing to the table and the cash reserves. Uh, they'll lend up to 75% loan to value. And this is huge. This is huge because typically as a single family investor, uh, your lending strength is based on your personal income as well as how many properties you have, how many loans you have out. There's no restrictions on portfolio size with their Rental 30 program. Go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever sign up learn more about the program that's lima1capital.com forward slash best ever they also have a program for fix and flippers even if you haven't done a fix and flip they'll still lend to you they've been in the business uh, since 2010 so they've been around the block they know their underwriting guidelines they're not loosey-goosey but they do have a very specific uh, criteria um, that helps beginning fix and flippers get their fix and flip projects done as well as experienced fix and flippers they reward you as an experienced fix fix and flipper and you actually get a lower interest rate and lower origination fee again go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever and some legal stuff i have to say it is lima one capital llc and the NMLS ID number is 1324403. And their address is 201 East McBee Avenue, Suite 300, Greenville, South Carolina, 29601. Again, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. If you're looking for a fix and flip loan or if you're looking for a buy and hold investment property and you're trying to finance it and you want it to be asset based 
lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffiest stuff. We only talk about the real estate advice that moves your business forward. And today we've got a special treat. We're going to be talking mobile homes. So anyone who's interested in mobile home investing, then listen up, my friends, because that's what we're going to be doing. And we're going to be talking with Robert San Luis. How you doing, Robert? Good, Joe. How are you? I'm doing really well. And welcome to the show. A little bit about Robert, and then he'll get into it. He's been an investor and entrepreneur for over 25 years. As I mentioned earlier, he is focused on mobile home syndication. He has owned three mobile home parks in Texas. They were worth roughly about $1.5 bucks. He's the author of Wealth Without Wall Street. You can find that on Amazon. You can just simply click the link in the show notes page to go get that. I just bought it uh, earlier today, and it's a quick read with lots of really good stuff, especially if you're just getting into real estate or if you're deciding which type of real estate to focus on. You can say hi to him at his website, which is his name. And again, you can just click on that in the show notes page. And with that being said, Robert, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Well, thank you for having me on your show, Joe. Uh, looking forward to sharing my ideas and investing lessons over many years. Um, I'm the son of immigrants. My parents were both doctors. And if you're familiar with any doctors, the initials MD really stand for mentally deranged when it comes to <laughs> investing. And so at a young age, I observed them make all kinds of really painful investing mistakes, whether it's in the stock market or bonds or businesses. And, and, and there were some also uh, some unfortunate real estate investments also. So uh, watching that ha unfold over many years was pretty painful. And then I decided, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a financial planner and learn all I need to know and kind of followed the conventional route um, that Wall Street is the only place to put your money. So I, I, I figured out after watching things unfold there that uh, – Really, there there has to be a better place to uh, get a return and more specifically a, a a yield or an income. But I made a lot of mistakes of my own, and especially when the credit bubble burst in oh seven oh eight, um, the big lesson for me was speculation is not a good thing. Sometimes, if you uh, I I got addicted to it just like everyone else when there was easy financing out there. And I uh, did a lot of fix and flip and then learned some very expensive lessons. And so that journey kind of led me to the sexy world of mobile home parks. And there was a time when I didn't know what they were. I was scared to enter a mobile home park. Uh, no way. I don't want to deal with this. And it's, uh, it's really all about the mathematics because... A mobile home park is essentially attractive land with utility hookups. And it offers a basic commodity, affordable housing, that we have a massive shortage of in, in our country. And so when you compare a mobile home park to, let's say, an apartment building or an office building and typical structures, the capital expenses are, are so much lower. And so the net result is you can get a higher yield from investing in mobile home parks. 
And so I know that a lot of investors are out there trying to figure out, well, where do I get yield? Well, I, I'd like to suggest uh, that they pay attention to mobile home parks. So you owned three in Texas, yeah. and that's I believe it's past tense. What, what happened to those three? Well, they performed well. There was an unfortunate event in my life called divorce that kind of unraveled that, unfortunately. But currently, I'm, I'm in the hunt for, for new properties, and uh, it's, uh, I think, a great place to, uh, for investors to look. How many mobile home park syndications have you done? Uh, I haven't done any syndications yet. Uh, that is uh, what I'm hoping to do in the near future. Okay, so you've, you just invested on your own, and you had three mobile home parks how many tracks or I forget how you, I know with apartments, it's units. So help me with this, uh, with mobile home parks, how do you uh, determine like what's, what's the comparison for units for apartments when you're talking mobile home parks? I guess spaces. How many spaces uh, were there? Uh, total, I would say close to 150, give or take a few spaces. Okay. And I, I read in your book that when 2007 hit, and I might be missing it by a year or something, you had just invested, I believe, $7 million in residential real estate. Is that right? At that time, uh, that was the total value of the residential investments and I had at that time. What, what did that consist of? Uh, single family homes. And where were they, uh, where were they located? In Orange County, in Newport Beach. Uh, there were a couple in, I think, San Bernardino County. But the, the lion's share of that was in the Newport Beach area. Okay. Then the crash came, and then bad stuff happened. Yes. And you became bankrupt, I read, right? Yes. That, that was uh, an unfortunate uh, result of all of that over-leveraging. And that, that was the, the big lesson that speculating, which we're all trained to do, whether it's uh, I, I don't know if you've seen that old ING ad uh, where this guy asked the other guy, what's your number? Yeah. Because we're, we're trained to build this pile of money that at the point of retirement, consume the principal and then hope it's going to last the rest of your life. And so my book is about maybe shifting the strategy to one that's more income based. And my feeling is instead of trying to build up this Mount Olympus of millions and millions of dollars, why not try to construct a portfolio of assets that generate enough passive income to meet your expenses? That's when you're really free. Agreed. Pa the, the, the cash flow instead of the speculation, right? Yes. And with the cash flow, what properties do you have right now as an investor, either you own enti entirely for yourself or you have part ownership in? I don't currently own any commercial real estate at this time. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in the, in the course of hunting for some new property. And with the, the new property, you're looking at mobile home parks. Yes. Uh, you owned $1.5 million worth of mobile home parks in Texas. You're based in Los Angeles, California, right? Uh, Newport Beach, Orange Newport County. Beach. Mm -hmm. Okay, Orange County. How long have you been looking for a mobile home park? Well, over the last um, several months, I've, I've really uh, been doing a lot of looking. I don't look in California 
because the, the price of the real estate is too high relative to the income. The cap rates are a little too low for my liking. And uh, as the demand for these have gone up, the cap rates are uh, being compressed, meaning the prices have been kind of high mm -hmm. or increasing. So I tend to prefer looking in landlord-friendly states, Texas, Arizona, Georgia, Florida, those, those states and tend are you, to have better. Are you going to syndicate the deal? Uh, yes. Okay. Since you've been looking for a couple months for a, a mobile home park and you are going to syndicate the deal, how are you approaching the investor conversations right now as you look for stuff? In terms of um, deal are structure? You, yeah, yeah, well, no, are, you, are you meeting with them? Are you actively talking to people? Do you have people who have said, hey, I'm interested if you find something? like what, what type of communication are you having with investors right now as you're searching for a deal? I talk to people. Uh, of course, I, I, I share with as many people in my network who are connected to investors what I'm doing. And, and when I find investors, I, I tell them about mobile home parks and um, opportunities to invest. Almost, uh, there are some people who are already familiar with mobile home park investing and um, a number who aren't. And so some I need to kind of educate them about what they are. And when you meet with a potential investor and you educate them on mobile home parks, how do you do it? Is it tactically speaking? Is it in person, over the phone, a combination thereof? Uh, well, initially it might be over the phone, but generally, uh, I, I try to get in front of them face to face with that approach. I mean, so you're, you're at this point, you're going to be syndicating your mobile home park. Uh, what type of price point are you looking at in your next acquisition? Most of the ones I look at are usually between 1.5 to 3.5 million in that range. If they go beyond that, it's a little bit too big or below, uh, they tend to be too small. So it's kind of between three and a half million and one and a half million. So about, about the, the range, the, on the lower end range to a, a couple more million from what you had in Texas? Yes. Okay. Talking about the one in Texas that you had, or the three in Texas uh, that were worth roughly 1.5 million, how were they financed? Uh, I had... Uh, regular financing on one. Uh, the other was, uh, there was some seller financing. And then the, the smallest one, I had no financing. So it's a combination of things. What I try to look for are, are properties that are off market, and especially ones that have some aspect of seller financing. And that's kind of a tough thing to find. But having been in the business and developing contacts with a lot of brokers in different parts of the country, I have a little bit of an advantage uh, having been an owner because they take you more seriously and uh, are more willing to share uh, property information with you as someone who knows what they're doing. You mentioned off-market deals, but then you said uh, you have an advantage based on the relationship with brokers across the country. Help me understand that because if, if the broker has it, then it wouldn't be off-market unless I'm misunderstanding. Well, they might have the listing, but they may not have it plastered all over uh, LoopNet or the internet or uh, the sellers may elect to market it in a more discreet fashion. Mm, okay. 
but there's some risks with that. It's kind of uh, sometimes you, you deal with sellers who change their mind and there is risk that they'll pull their property off the market. But if, if things, the planets line up, you can once in a while find great things, but you have to act super fast. On acting super fast, when you are presented an opportunity, what are some of the first questions that you ask yourself as you're penciling in the numbers or determining if it's a good opportunity to pursue? There are a number of things to take a look at. Uh, I guess first is location. Is it in a metro area or is it in an oil field? It's been pretty obvious what's happened to the oil and gas industry uh, as it's pretty much collapsed. And there are a lot of mobile home parks and RV parks that were constructed just to serve that industry. And now they're disasters. So that's an example of something to pay attention to. What is the local employment base? What kind of utilities does this park have? Are they city water, city sewer, or does it have septic tanks and uh, well water? That's another important consideration is what kind of utilities are there? Because that can be a massive uh, risk in terms of uh, maintenance. What are the cost implications or pros and cons for those two scenarios, the city water, city sewer, and septic tanks and well water? Well, one is um, uh, when you're trying to exit, when you're trying to resell, a lot of people make that a criteria. They don't want to deal with properties that, are, that have anything except city water, city sewer. To give you an example, in um, some parts of Florida, there are a lot of properties that have septic systems or septic tanks. And I remember a story of uh, the owner of one of them was forced by the local municipality to connect to the city sewer by force and spend over half a million dollars in engineering and costs to convert his park to the city sewer. So there are different things you have to pay attention to with that. And then you've got, what's the lot rent? Is it at market? Is it below market? What kind of tenants do you have? Is it a family park, blue collar, or is it a retiree 55 plus kind of park? How long has the previous owner held it? Uh, what are their reasons for selling? How many vacancies are there? How many of the homes are owned by the park? That's another important issue. If a park has fewer park-owned homes, that's more desirable. Because if you own a lot of the homes, then your, your maintenance cost may go up a little bit. But it also depends on the market and the condition of those homes. But a lot of the perceived negatives with respect to mobile home parks are really positives. For example, vacancy. Some people might encounter a property and say, oh, it's 20% vacant or 30% vacant. Well, no, those are good things because it's easy to get used mobile homes and fill up your vacancies with those and then either owner finance or rent. And your cash on cash returns are typically going to be double digit. What are some uh, perceived negatives about mobile home park investing that are actually negatives? Well, the biggest negative that, that is common with not only mobile home parks, but commercial property in general is liquidity. They don't turn around really quickly. It could take months or many months to sell a uh, 
mobile home park. I, I would say that's the biggest negative. It's not like a single family house. You could sell that in a matter of days. And of course, you have millions of those, tens of millions. Uh, mobile home parks, investment grade, you're only talking probably less than 25,000. So it's really a very narrow niche. Robert, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? It would be invest for income. You reduce your risk that way. Invest in something that's earning money right now as opposed to gambling. Because unless you have really extraordinary skill and experience with flipping houses, and there are people like you and, and experts who are good at that. Uh, oh, I, I, I don't flip houses. Oh, you don't? I, don't, I don't speculate either. So I'm with okay. you on both those things. Okay. Oh, very good. I'm mistaken. A lot of people, unfortunately, if you utter the words real estate, they associate that with flipping. And because uh, of too much uh, oversimplification and, and, and all this stuff on TV. So I would say invest for income because when you otherwise you're just trying to buy something at X and praying that you can sell it at 10X later. And whether that's a bar of gold, a foreclosed house, a share of Apple, that's just um, might as well go to Vegas, <laughs> red or black. So my, my advice would be investor income, assets that are generating money now. Absolutely. Sounds great. And uh, Vegas certainly would be a lot more fun than, than <laughs> spending years of, of seeing an asset not get up to the level that we were speculating it, that it would get to. At least Vegas is short and sweet. And, and then that's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's true. All right, Robert, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Okay. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're looking for new multi-unit investment options in stable top-notch markets, then turn to Fourplex Investment Group at fig.us. That's F-I-G dot U-S. Fig specializes in new construction multi-units and managed communities perfectly suited for A-caliber investors. Go to fig.us. Best ever book you've read? Single book. Uh, that's tough. Can I give you two books? Sure. I like uh, Choose Yourself by James Altucher and Pitch Anything by Oren Claff. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with Pitch Anything by Isn't Oren. he a genius? He, 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 I actually emailed him, and I told him that uh, after uh, we've had him on the show. And it was because I read his book. And after I read his book in like a week. And then afterwards, I reached out to him. I said, "You've got to be on the show." And he, we scheduled something. He was, he's on episode 425, and uh, the title is "Pitch Anything to Anyone" with Oren Claff. And I'm actually supposed to have him on again. Um, and I'm gonna actually go through my pitch with him. I buy apartment communities and okay. with with investors, and we share in the profit. So multifamily syndication. Uh, and he, he said that I should go through my pitch with him and then he would critique me in front of all the listeners. So I think that would be entertaining for, for everybody involved. Yeah. Great book. I haven't read the other one, but I have that written down to, to check out as well. Oh yes. He's got, um, there was, uh, this guy in England, Brian Rose interviewed Oren for about an hour and 45 minutes. Great yep. video on YouTube. Highly recommend that. Yeah, it's, um, what is it called? The Londoner or something? Yeah, Lo London Real. London Real. Yeah, I saw that too. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Personal growth experience. Gosh. Well, I'm always learning and reading from folks like Tony Robbins and other people. I did do the uh, the picnic trick walking on hot coals. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if that had a lot of practical effect on me, but um, it's uh, a cool picnic trick dance in the hibachi. Yeah, yeah, I, I've done that as well at Unleash the Power <laughs> Within. Love Tony. Specifically, though, what did you learn from any of those experiences? What, what's a takeaway? It's one of those things where you, you have to get over the doubt and the fear. Recognize that it's there. Everyone has it, but that we're meant for more than that. And, and I, I think that's, uh, that's important. Being grateful for being alive, doing what you can with the blessing of life and uh, serving other people. Pretty simple stuff. Best ever deal you've done? I would say one of those three mobile home parks. And how come? Uh, because the seller terms were really good and the performance was really good. What were the terms they gave you? And one of them, you just pick any of them. The seller financing, the, the terms of the, uh, the interest rate was really low relative to the cap rate, relative to the income. And so it uh, allowed for a, a healthy double digit return. Best ever way you like to give back? Donating to my kids' schools and uh, a, uh, a local children's hospital. And what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Over speculation. No I saw question. that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one coming. Yeah, I mean, it, it was um, though everyone was every everyone was saying, yeah, fix and flip and all this easy money. It was. I, I'm kind of glad that it we kind of flushed through that. Won't happen again. Hopefully, Robert. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? At uh, robertsanluis.com. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your life experiences, getting the mobile home parks, then the uh, personal circumstances, not having them, and now focus on mobile home parks and not speculating. Vegas is more fun, so (laughs) we don't speculate. I love how you went through the uh, things that you look for when you initially pencil a deal for mobile home parks, the location, the local employment base the utilities, the lot rent, types of tenants, how long has the owner had it, and what's the reason for selling. Vacancies, love the vacancy thing where it's not necessarily a bad thing if it's higher vacancy because that means you can go buy one of those cheap mobile homes, do a owner finance and, and cash flow from it. And then lastly, the how many homes are owned by the park, which um, I think counterintuitively, the fewer the homes owned by the park is more desirable. But once you explain that that's because there are less maintenance costs, that makes a lot of sense. So thanks so much for being on the show, sharing your advice. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. I've enjoyed it. If you're looking for new multi-unit investment options in stable top-notch markets, then turn to Fourplex Investment Group at fig.us. That's F-I-G dot U-S. Fig specializes in new construction multi-units and managed communities perfectly suited for A-caliber investors, go to fig.us.